VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, and thanks for downloading the Sunranto show. What you are about to hear is a conversation that we had with the ranters on the ColorCast app. If you would like early and ad-free access to the Sunranto show plus premium content, please subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash sunranto. Because what you're about to hear has ads. Enjoy our conversation. Probably, I just invited you as co-caster, trying to hook this up before I start driving. And I'm sharing it out. Hey, how's it going? It's going all right, man. How are you? I have been better. <laughs> just, I'm uh, in the, I'm in two tech weeks at once, so um, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not great. I'm going out to Action Heights, Arlington Heights, Illinois right now. Try to help them get their show up, and uh, but I wish I was watching the Cubs game, even though it's not going great. <laughs> is what, yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's like after a really fun start to the season, it's like yeah, baseball season zero and zero. Okay, we took two or three from the Brewers. Everything's going awesome. Oh, we split with the Pirates. Oh, we split with the Rockies. Oh, we lost to the Rays. Like, it's just like, it's, I've just been like gently getting more and more let down about what this season ultimately is going to be. And, you know, if you said it before the season even started, that this is what it was going to be. But, you know, I just let myself be somewhat delusional with <laughs> Suzuki's hot start that he was going to bat 400 and have an OPS of 1,500 and, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot that can still happen, but let's 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 like I said, when you walked in, you knew that every single thing had to go right for this season to be considered a success. And there's no way with what that the roster that they put out there, the lack of pitching depth, you can see the lack of uh, depth that they have on the infield, and then that weird glut in the outfield. It's just it's not a team that's composed to win. It's a it's a team that's composed to. I think move some players later on. To be honest with you, yeah, but I was even thinking about that. I mean, unfortunately, it's like still like Wilson and maybe just kind of smaller pieces that you're not going to be loading up on the prospects for. You know, maybe like your Wade Miley or something. If he gets back, maybe you get something for a starter. But right, and and so deal. Like, what are you going to get for him? But, but like, the, you take a look, you don't have anybody that can play shortstop. You got uh, Simmons to play, be your backup shortstop, and he's been injured, so now you have to put Jonathan VR because you got nobody else to put there. Yeah, and it's been ugly. I mean, yeah, it's that's the thing about watching teams. It, it, I was actually texting with John Baker today because he's pretty excited. He was telling me about He tweeted out about some guy that had his first major league hit with the Pirates last night, and... I made a comment, I, then, you know, a sarcastic comment. Oh, great! Just another guy to beat us. And he texted me, and he said that guy's from Chicago. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Not a lot of ball players come from this area, really. I mean, uh, but he's pretty high on the pirate system, and he's like, he's like everything pre Ben Charrington 
was kind of suspect. He's like, but right now they're like really putting together a good system. And he's like, he's, he's like, Bob will spend eventually. He said he would anyway. And like he, you know, that's, and he, they've got this exciting farm system. I know we do too, but it's, a, it's, it's pretty far away still too far away for my liking that it just sucks that they couldn't thread the needle with, with a better, I mean, build around Suzuki, get yourself Correa. I don't know, like, hire one more pitcher. Like, they had the money and they just didn't do it. You know, a lot of people gave me some heat about this, but I said that the deal that uh, Carlos Rodon got from the Giants was the perfect, it was a two-year deal, I think like $22, $23 million a year. But, I mean, that's a guy that right now is pitching lights out for San Francisco, and that Giants team is once again... Absolutely dominating. Well, I don't say dominating because all those teams out west are dominating, but it's just another phenomenal team. So it's like all that would have cost you was twenty-two million a year when you're not paying anybody. So why the hell wouldn't you have done that deal, matched that deal? It, 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 it's, it's baffling to me. And even something as small as what the White Sox did, which was get, uh, go ahead and kick the tires on what's his name, Johnny Cueto. You don't think yeah. I'd rather have Johnny Cueto than Leiter Jr. Would have cost you like yeah, yeah. next to nothing, and, yeah. and and so I just I didn't get coming into it. You know, I, I guess I kind of got it, but it's it's there's just a lot of like I said, you have too many outfielders, not enough infielders. You know, and 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 let me just kind of talk about tonight's game a little bit because I'm I'm sitting here. And I know Al Leiter, baby, or Mark Leiter. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not into this uh, lineup, and 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 I've had questions about other lineups that Rossi's put out there. But you cannot have Rafael Ortega and Jason Hayward in the same lineup. It just doesn't make sense. You can do one, or you can do the other. But why are you DHing with Ortega? What does Alfonso Rivas have to do to get to get his opportunity? It doesn't make sense. And and people keep saying, like, you know, I know Cotton would be, oh, the DH. Well, the trouble is, is we're not putting our good hitters in that pot spot. You're, you're, you're putting in goddamn Jan Gomes as your DH. You might as well yeah. bet the pitcher. Okay, you have that spot, and you have a guy that can hit the damn ball, and, and he's not getting an opportunity, and that's where you're running into this frustration here is that I think there's a lot of people on Cubs Twitter that can, can construct a better lineup right now than what, what uh, David Ross is putting out there. You know, tons of people take a multivitamin, including me. I take not just a multivitamin, but extra vitamin D, because uh, I live in Chicago and don't get a lot of sun. And uh, I t- take uh, probiotics, and uh, you know, I, I must take sometimes five, six pills a day. Uh, especially during the winter, vitamin C, zinc. Uh, Anyway, there's a a better solution for that, Uh, and it's one delicious scoop of athletic greens. Um, You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients, and it helps to support your gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And it's lifestyle-friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. How much do my 17,000 vitamins cost? Probably more than that. 
It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills like I take and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Do it today. The Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. And guess what? Sun Ranto Show is a part of it. You can go download ColorCast, follow Sun Ranto Show, and the show you're listening to right now, Directly after it, we went. We went on Colorcast, and we had a great time over there. And we just we kept on going with the show on Colorcast. And uh, you can join the room. All you got to do is follow us on Ranto Show. Here's what you got to do: actually, download the Colorcast app. It's free in the iOS store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the baseball league, follow Sun Ranto Show, and you're going to be notified when my room goes live. And uh, we're going to be going live after every single live show. This month, at the very least, uh, until the season gets started, directly after the Sun Ranto show. So check it out. It's a really cool app. And uh, join on up. I also want to add, too, is that if you were a Patreon subscriber, uh, you would be getting a copy of our conversation on the ColorCast app. That would be an addendum to the normal podcast that you're listening to now. So there is more Sun Ranto show that you're just not getting because you're not a Patreon member. Also, <laughs> you had to listen to a ColorCast app uh, ad and an Athletic Greens ad, which the Patreon uh, subscribers did not. So, your choice. In the meantime, download ColorCast. Listen to us over there. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And, and I was actually just thinking, not not within the last hour of David Ross's tenure, even as manager. And like, it's been messed up because it was 2020 was the first year. And then last year was still like kind of messed up. And then you had blue Friday and like, he hasn't really had a shot, but you know, when given like an opportunity like this, I kind of tend to agree with you. Like some of the construction of it has been suspect and he's, he's also playing with lesser parts as well, but still like, what is it? What is, or what is Rivas comes up? does nothing but freaking rake, and then they just don't play him. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me, especially when you have no lefty pop in the lineup. He's a better offensive first baseman than Frank – or a defensive first baseman than Frank the Tank as well. And so I, I just – I don't quite get it. I mean, you don't know if guys are banged up. They don't want to say or whatever it is. But, uh, no, I totally agree with you. And and the, the other thing is what – all Ortega can do, really, is walk. He's, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't hit. He right. doesn't hit. He, he he works a count and he walks, and that's valuable. And I guess that's why you lead him off. He's got a little bit of speed, but he also is not a great base runner. We've seen that too. So like we've seen shitty base running. We've seen shitty defense. Just a sloppy ass team. And I don't know. It's like 
Rossi is not keeping it that together either is what I was thinking. Like, Well, I'm here's like, the thing. If you want to put Ortega, I don't have a problem with that. But then that means Hayward's not playing. And if you want to play Hayward, fine. Not my first, uh, you know, choice to put in the lineup. But then you can't play Ortega. Take your choice. Pick your poison. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. You can't have both of these guys in the same lineup. Period. Yeah, I agree. And, and it, the uh, the other thing about it is, like, you, you can even talk about Hayward just not. Like, well, people are just done. Like, we are so everybody's so done with Jason Hayward. It's ridiculous, and they and it's funny because they would rather see somebody like Hermosillo go out there and make rookie mistakes like he did last night on the base paths, diving for a ball that he probably should have just fielded, and that led to runs. Like some of the things that he's doing out there are haven't been great, but uh, but he also doesn't play, so it's just like, man, just let him let him be the guy. He's young. See what you got there, as opposed to Jason Hayward, who which you know what you have and. That's what I wonder. It's like, I know Rossi's the yes man, and he's not going to lose his job because all the shit is probably coming down from on high. But, like, not all of it, but a, I bet you a fair amount of it. I mean, uh, so maybe they're telling him, like, here's what we want you to do. You, we're gonna, we want you to get Hayward out there, showcase him so he can do some bad contract swap or, you know, like, you know, whatever they're telling him. But it's certainly – doesn't make a lot of sense what is happening. I mean, I, my, my, my belief, and this is just my belief, is that they're going to trade some guys, obviously. They're going to DFA some guys. Uh, Hermosillo did himself no favors yesterday, like you said. That's a guy that's trying really hard because he has so little time to make an impression. But if it's my belief, I, I think right around the uh, All-Star break, maybe a little bit before, you're going to see um, Brennan Davis called up. And they're going to use uh, Hayward as a mentor for Brennan. And if that's you know if that's the case, then 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 you know I mean that's again that's fine. But you just can't start these two guys at the same time. That's my only. That's my big beef yeah. right here. And you know and 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 possibly maybe you spread out. Um, you spread out Magical and Horner, having them both kind of. I, I would, I would kind of maybe kind of split that up a little bit, um, but that that you know, I'm just looking at this right here, and we talked the other day that hey, you know, the Pirates do have some good, you know, some good pieces, you know, small, you know, good bullpen pieces. But now here we go with Atlanta. I think it was like the same thing yesterday that they got shut out that after the first couple innings, that yeah. was it. Yeah, that was it. Half hit the homer, and that's all you had. I mean, and and you know, and speaking, getting back to like what Baker was talking about, he's just like he's excited for how they're developing these dudes, and that they're so close to the major leagues, and like some of the guys that he's been working with, and even what he mentioned was uh, some of the long shot guys, the guys that they thought, oh, this guy's probably not going to make it. He's like a career minor leaguer because of the Pirates being shitty and not going for it currently, some of those dudes get to make major league contracts for the first time in their life. And, like, they put in the 10 years, and then they're going to get paid a couple hundred thousand thousand dollars before they get sent on their way permanently kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it's a good deal for those dudes, right? I mean, they, they could maybe open a restaurant or something. But, uh, you know, franchise a, franchise a, a Wendy's. But what I'm saying is, it's like – 
our, the Cubs shouldn't be that. And that's what we are right now. Like, it's just like, how are we accepting these Ortegas of the world that are like, yay, like it's, I get paid right now. Patrick Wisdom, like, you know, dude should be a youth pastor. Again, again, what you're what you're, what you're looking at, I think, is going to be a quicker turnaround. I think it's going to be very much different than the the 2011 to 2014 stretch. I don't think it's going to be multiple hundred lost seasons or anything like that. I think this there could have been a better team put together. You know, there's other examples of guys that were out there that you could have gotten to make this year better and more palatable to the uh, you know the Cubs fans that are going out to the games. Um, and so I think that there, like I said, we had, the pirates have been losing ever since 2015. You had about what, like, yeah. you know, six straight years of losing, trading multiple, multiple great players. You look at all the great pitchers that the pirates have given up, you know, oh, yeah. Garrett, Garrett Cole and a whole, a whole slew of other great talent that they've given up that they they were bound to have all this talent start bubbling up. Um, whereas the Cubs, a, a lot of the moves that they made and the talent that they have has come over just, like I said, I think that Jed's done a pretty good job of acquiring talent. Uh, there's two parts to it, acquiring talent and developing talent, and that's going to be the key um, that we can say that, you know, let's see what these guys, how they develop and how they do. I mean, it's it's hard to judge Jed, too, because a lot of these guys didn't have normal minor league seasons because of COVID. Yeah. So, so that's kind of thrown things for a loop, you know, and so I'm just really hoping that as we kind of go through this and look at this, that, uh, you know, we'll see what moves are made. But I hope to get a clear, if all of a sudden at the end of the year, Brendan Davis has not been called up and Jason Hayward's just been sitting on the lineup for God knows what reason, then I'm going to have a lot of questions. I'm going to be a lot more irritated. So, I, like I said, I walked into this season disappointed in the offseason. I thought Suzuki was a good move. I thought Stroman was a fine move. Um, you know, I thought they could have gotten, there was more that could have been done that was left on the table. Um, let's see what happens as far, like I said, I was, I was, I think I said at the, at the round table show, I thought I had him at like 78, 77 wins for the season was yeah. my idea. And that's roughly where I still kind of see him. This is a very rough patch. But you know what? I mean, you know what? Too bad. You're going to have to play with these guys, and you didn't take care of business when you had an easier patch with the Pirates. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and in the kind of macro version vision of all this stuff, Blue Friday did get you a lot of pieces, a, a lot of good young prospects that we saw that looked like the real deal. I mean, I, I think it was uh, – who was it that was hitting home runs out of the park uh, yesterday that I saw down in the minors? They were, it was going, was it Canario? Uh, Nelson? I mixed up with, with uh, someone, uh, I forget who it was. But anyway, it's like, I do enjoy it. And and the fact that there's young pitching coming up, that, that, that they're ostensibly developing at this point, very exciting. But what I'm kind of objecting to is the fact that they refuse to buy any talent anymore, it seems. Like, they're just kind of like, no, we're going to be, the Rays, we're going to be the Pirates. We're going to get lean and mean, have this amazing slew of dudes that come up, and it'll be incredible, and we won't pay for them. And, like, because everybody that plays fantasy baseball is sitting around thinking like an owner all the time and rooting for the owners. Oh, we're going to save money. I'm like, what the fuck do you care? It's not your money. It's like what I was uh, – and so even this year when they could easily have spent $50 million more just for the hell of it, I want them to do it. And the main reason is because – 
of the value of ticket prices. Right. And it is expensive. It is still one of the top tickets in the major leagues. You're, it, the day at the ballpark's really expensive. You saw how beer prices have gone. It's unaffordable at this point. And for me, even like, especially because the beer, listen, I get a six, seven dollar ticket, no problem. Nope. Or a free ticket for that matter, because they're not playing well. But my issue is then you go in there and you're paying $14 for a fucking beer. And that's not fun. You know, now I'm not having fun. I'd rather just stay home and listen on the radio. It's be, I mean, I'm just being honest. So, like, unless you're giving me something to watch to drink the $14 beer, I'm not going to do it as much as I did three, four years ago when there was a fucking good chance that the Cubs might win. And now I don't feel that way. It's it's not worth it to me to pay double, if not triple, the price of the beer because the beer at the bar at G-Man Tavern at Nisei Lounge, it stayed pretty much the same price. Maybe went up a buck or something. But at Wrigley, it's doubled. So I'm not I'm not having it right now. Like they, and the more we let them have it, the more they will treat us like the fucking chumps we are. <laughs> you know, I mean, I want that place empty. I'm like, I'm getting to that point now, because it's just not fair to your fans to make us be patient for the third time and I don't know how long with just fucking this bullshit. You know, like it's not worth the money. It's like it's supply it's supply and demand, and I want to take away the demand. Yeah, it's what a bottom uh, out. Uh, Danny, take a look. I think somebody requested the mic really quick. I don't know oh, if you could. Show well, can can as co-caster, can you do it? Let's see. Uh, Angel Cup fan asked to speak, so yeah, we'll invite him to the hot seat right here. Yeah, I'm, I'm driving, so you. you I got it. Mind taking a look at the chat and stuff. So let's I'm, see uh, there. I'm so here in he, Chicago. Beautiful, uh, where am I? I'm at Peterson Avenue here, up here. Uh, you know, I'm still going to go to games. I mean, I'm, uh, you know me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a diehard, and I'll always be there and whatever. You know, maybe not as enthusiastically, but I will definitely be there. Um, I know that John Vasky's asking, do you think Suzuki will stick around? Yeah, he can't go anywhere. He's under contract. Five, there, yeah, five years. He's going nowhere. So even no if he trade, wanted no to. No trade, too, I think. Right. Um, so that, that's kind of where we are right here. Yeah. The Cubs have complete control over him. So there, he's not going anywhere. Um, I, 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 and, and let's, let's take a look. Uh, I don't, we'll check. He said, uh, John says maybe he had an opt out. No, I don't believe so. Um, but we can take a look, but definitely not after one year. I mean, you have to, they had to post to get him from the carps and stuff like that. They weren't going to post it. And that, no, I, my understanding is they're trying to, uh, build around Saya. And he's really kind of one of the uh, key pieces right now. I think they're looking to compete possibly next year, but definitely within the third year of his contract or right in the smack dab middle. Uh, right. That's when that's when they're hoping that their young studs will be up Rick winning, you know, vying against each other for rookie of the year. And and again, it's not. I don't disagree with them not signing the big pieces for this year because you want to see what you have. Okay, you don't buy something. It's like if you already have a phenomenal center fielder, then why would you put ten years on another center? You get what I'm saying or no? See yeah. what you got. It's what they did in 2014. They saw what they had and they saw what they needed. They went out and they got the pieces. They knew they needed an ace. They got Lester. 
and then after, the, you know, and then they got Ben Zobrist. You know, they thought he'd be a good outfielder, second baseman, because he didn't really know what you had with Javi or with Russell. You kind of had ideas. So with all of these things right here, it's, it's you know, you want to do that, but there's no reason you still couldn't have done more of those two, three years uh, high AAV, low year deals. Those are those are there to be made, and you and the fact that they didn't do that to me is what kind of is what bothers me more than anything. Yeah, is is Unhill in the hot seat? I put him in. I don't. I I invited him. Oh, okay. Maybe it could have been accidental. Some people just like click things just to see what they do and end up accidentally in, in the hot seat. I've I've had that happen before. Yeah, that it does make logical sense to me, but uh, you know, I just. I, I just think even if you I, – I know why you wouldn't go out and get a, 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 a center fielder and spend 10 years when you think Brennan Davis is your guy of the future. Or if you think Ed Howard is the sure thing or something, why you wouldn't get Correa or something like that. But it's just like – to me, it, it's possible, especially in this bullshit division, where anything could happen with those Brewers front-end arms. And then you got the ARP tour running around St. Louis throwing it at the Mets and – it, you know, and you see, so you got that going on. There's no reason you're not at least in this division and making the the crowd excited. Now I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking the Pirates with their young studs and long shots making it, and young dudes kind of gaining their chance um, because they're younger than our guys and more talented and ahead of us developmentally. Um, that we could come in fourth, and that just doesn't seem. Like, acceptable. And there's nothing I could do about it. I'm just bitching. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just getting it off my chest. To me, this is just a transition year, and I always knew that that's what it was going to be. And, uh, you know, there, there are, but if that's going to be the case, then, like I said, I just want to see more of the guys that I think are going to be on the next grade Cubs teams. That That's that's what I would like to see more than anything. And, you know, I don't, I don't see that right now. Um, but, but this is one of those kind of, for me, sit back and watch what happens season. And then I'll kind of, when the end of the season, I mean, initially, yeah, you're getting frustrated and, and it's going to only get more frustrating because you still got two more with Atlanta. Uh, Seth requested the mic. One, one more with Atlanta. One more with, uh, well, two tonight, more, two more, two more technically. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, and, already, I've, already, I've already lost tonight's game in my mind. I'm just negative. <laughs> you got two more with Atlanta. Then you got to go up to Milwaukee which ought to be interesting. And then you know, got the White Sox, and they've had their own shares. So I believe I invited Zep. I got Seth in the hot seat. What's up, Seth? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all right. What's up with you? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess on the, on, on the point about bringing the next guys up, I mean, we had the whole situation with Nico Horner back in the before times and then over the past couple of years where we sort of rocketed him up to the big league roster, even though pretty much everyone agreed he wasn't quite ready yet to give him that time because there was an opening on the roster and we could. At what point is it worth starting to do that with a Brennan Davis? They they just upped Machado to uh, AAA at first base. Not that we should be sending Frank the, Ta- Frank the Tank out to pasture just yet, but at what point do you start taking some of the young guns and saying, Fuck it, put them in the big leagues and see how they do. Uh, you, you know, developmentally they have a plan for all these guys, and I don't know if you've been watching. Brennan's kind of, kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start, but I think that especially for these guys that came up during the pandemic, they, they even had a more goofy um, 
uh, more goofy development. And so what you want to do is when you talk about AAA, you start to see more of the guys that, you know, could come up and potentially, you know, you see a lot more breaking stuff. You see guys that are potentially, uh, you know, just give you a better challenge than what you would see at single and double A. Um, so I would say that, you know, if, if Brennan wants to force the issue, then absolutely do it in Iowa. But I think they're going to kind of, like I said, any moves that are going to be made like that would not be done until July. Right, and I and I guess you have to make room on the forty-man forum somewhere. Correct, and that's where yeah. that's that's where you start talking about the trades right around July, in the trade deadline, and and then you know once you kind of see what you got, you know DFA certain guys. I mean, it, it it all depends on how this Cubs team performs too. You know what I mean? You got that goofy new playoff spot. I don't anticipate that they're going to. Uh, you know, if, if I don't know if they're going to do anything, but you know, the the quicker they're out of it, the more you have an opportunity to kind of jump the gun on the trade market, maybe even in May or June. Well, I don't think they would add at no, like regardless. They're not. No, no, no. Not the, I'm not them. talking about the Cubs. I'm talking about the, when to start when to start trading. So if they're let's say three games back, I mean, what are the Cubs through this whole miserable stretch right now? I think we're only what three and a half games, maybe back yeah it's something like that but it's uh but three and a half this early in the season is actually kind of a lot you know because usually everybody just kind of hangs around each other and unless somebody gets off to a super hard hot start in your division which nobody did we beat the brewers but it's like yeah i mean when they usually don't they don't start trading until july like right that's the thing and teams teams aren't gonna bite the bullet and until they the last possible minute so It'll be exciting, but who do you see them moving? Because the thing that's weird about it is, like, you have a bunch of young, middling, controllable players that I don't know that other teams are that interested in because it's not like last year where you had this bonanza of possible playoff World Series stars that could be instantly added to your roster like a Chris Bryant or a Rizzo. Like, the only guy they have like that is Contreras, and... I only see him going to a team that is, I mean, how many teams out there are in contention and don't already have a catcher? Unless they go down, you know. Yeah, or, but we'll, or, I mean, we'll, if, if Stroman picks up the pace a little bit, but honestly, at this point, he's probably looking at those opt-outs and thinking it's a good thing I don't have to do that just yet. Right. I mean, yeah. you, you, when, so, you're, when you're looking at the pieces, obviously Wilson's the biggest one. But the fact of the matter is, is they just don't have, I don't know who, I mean, unless you're fine with Gomes catching, but boy, does the offense then take even a bigger hit. Um, you know, when you look at the pitching, that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping to catch some lightning in a bottle with uh, Miley and Smiley, the Miley-Smiley combination. Those are two guys that could potentially really kind of, depending on how they do and how they end up looking. It's still early, and the Cubs have had to play in some shit weather, <laughs> And and it's been kind of a, a a goofy start, but you hope that those guys can kind of get together. Um, as far as position players, you know, Hap has been having a really interesting year. He's been doing really well. Uh, he hit a home run from the right side yesterday, um, you know, and he's kind of getting to the point where uh, they're going to have to pay his contract pretty soon. Um, you know, well, as far- yeah. Well, then that's the question. It's like. 
some of these there's one guy that you have in pitch as far as pitching that is also a, a piece that you could use i don't know if kyle hendricks is going to be part of this next quote unquote next great cubs team but he's another one that can move and as far as ian Happ goes what do you do with him as he gets more expensive if he's having a great start to the year you have two choices you try to extend him and make him part of the next thing because he's finally putting something together as a valuable kind of utility outfielder. Uh, or are you going to, I mean, you could try to extend him or you, or do you move him and try to get like, even get more pieces, you know, even younger. I mean, it, it's tough. Hendricks is not really something that anybody's kind of drooling like, this is going to be the thing that puts us over the top, which is what you're looking for. You know what I mean? Well, a third starter. I mean, somebody to get you through those playoffs. Like, I mean, he, he's got and, lots of experience. You, you, you still need to have pitching. Like, I mean, you can't, you know, you have to have someone out there to take the ball if you're the Cubs. You can't get, I, I, I would say, I, I would, I would, I would be hesitant to make that, that move right there. I mean, Maybe there's pieces in the bullpen that, again, will become valuable. We were really surprised at Tapera. Uh, nobody last year was going, oh, Tapera's going to fetch you something or, you know, those, those type of moves. Or Chafin. Chafin, uh, yeah. Another guy that kind of came out of nowhere that, that ended up getting them some pieces. So, I mean, I think when you're looking at, you know, the moves that you're making, you're looking for frontline starters, you're looking for, you know, bullpen pieces, and then if somebody goes down and you need something, but the Cubs, like I said, outfield, Hap's the only thing. You're not going to get rid of Suzuki. You got nothing in center. Uh, you got nothing at first. You got nothing at uh, second. I don't think anyone's going – second or short, I don't think anyone's going for those guys. Third, no. So, like I said, basically it's catcher, smiley, miley, and then hopefully – and some bullpen pieces are what you're looking at. Moving. Right. That's what you're – moving them, Yeah. You know, tons of people take a multivitamin, including me. I take not just a multivitamin, but extra vitamin D, uh, because I live in Chicago and don't get a lot of sun. And uh, I take uh, probiotics, and, uh, you know, I I must take sometimes five, six pills a day, uh, especially during the winter. Vitamin C, zinc. Uh, Anyway, there's a a better solution for that, uh, and it's one delicious scoop of athletic greens. Um, You're absorbing... 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients, and it helps to support your gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And it's lifestyle-friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. How much do my 17,000 vitamins cost? Probably more than that. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills like I take and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up 
the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Do it today. The Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. And guess what? Sunranto Show is a part of it. You can go download ColorCast, follow Sunranto Show, and the show you're listening to right now, directly after it, we we went on ColorCast, and we had a great time over there. And we just, we kept on going with the show on ColorCast. And uh, you can join the room. All you got to do is follow Sun Ranto Show. Here's what you got to do, actually. Download the ColorCast app. It's free in the iOS store. Create a profile. Link your Twitter. Join the Baseball League. Follow Sun Ranto Show. And you're going to be notified when my room goes live. And uh, we're going to be going live after every single live show this month, at the very least, uh, until the season gets started, directly after the Sun Ranto Show. So... Check it out. It's a really cool app. And uh, join on up. I also want to add, too, is that if you were a Patreon subscriber, uh, you would be getting a copy of our conversation on the ColorCast app. That would be an addendum to the normal podcast that you're listening to now. So there is more Sun Ranto show that you're just not getting because you're not a Patreon member. Also, <laughs> you had to listen to a ColorCast app uh, ad and an Athletic Greens ad, which the Patreon uh, subscribers did not so, your choice. In the meantime, download ColorCast. Listen to us over there. It's a lot of fun. Today's episode of the Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sports drink but without vowels. Sports drink. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Sports drink. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's not. It's not quite the bonanza. So it's. It just makes your already thin team thinner so i'm looking at like august september cubs and when you take like a team with tons of holes in it and po- poke even more holes in it i'm not feeling quite as optimistic about your 77 wins there you know like i'm thinking more of uh 69 wins of course <laughs> something nice. like that <laughs> but um yeah i mean it's it's just i mean i know that it's i mean you and i and probably everybody on this call right now, we live and die with the team. So you we, you lose two games in a row, and it feels like the world is ending. You know, that's how I, I go about it anyway. But um, it's uh, but when I see what they've put out there this year and the mismatch with the, the ticket prices and the, the beer and all that stuff, I'm just – I'm a little perturbed from that angle. If they were – Throwing up those – because look at what the White Sox are doing. I get emails from the White Sox. I don't know if you get those emails too, but, you know, you, good games against the Red Sox and stuff. They're doing two tickets and a beer or a ticket and two beers or something like that for like 25 bucks. So it's like that's a really good deal. I, it's, I think it's two beers. 
You two beers and a ticket for twenty five bucks or thirty bucks. Like it's not bad. So and they're good seats too. They're one hundred level, stuff like that. So I'm just I'm looking at the Cubs being like, hey, you know, like it's pretty embarrassing how how Wrigley has been empty lately. But based upon the prices of what they're charging, I could see why it is. So. I mean, they're going to have to do something. I, I know half of it's season ticket holders that don't care, and they just already have their tickets. But, I mean, just I, do you see them doing something like that? Like, do you see them undercutting their their? They can't do it, right? They uh, they've been, they, ha- they, they have been doing it. They have been doing it. There's something right now that they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the younger fans, and so they have some sort of student pricing now. And so if you've been watching the game, there's this QR code, and you, if you're a student, uh, you get special pricing and stuff like that. And they're going to keep trying to, you know, I don't, the promotional items weren't the greatest this year. Uh, I thought they were okay, um, you know, but they're going to they're gonna keep trying to do special events and, and, and trying to kind of hook people into it. But they're having to work way harder than they ever had in the last, you know, since probably even probably around like 2011, 2012. Yeah. Well, I know that May 7th I saw his David Ross bobblehead day, and I was like, and I saw that the bleachers were already sold out for that one. You know, I'm trying to get get in there for, uh, well, I am going with a, a group, and I'll more on that later, but um, we're on the next show. But uh, the um, it's it's already sold out, and it's $70 to sit in the bleachers. I was like, holy fuck. And I'm like, for David Ross's bobblehead, like, is that really going to be a popular one? I was kind of surprised. Um, so there haven't been any bobblehead giveaways since 2019. Uh, in 2020, no season. 2021, they did not do any giveaways of any kind. They had uh, a U Darvish thing, but that was, you remember that one, is if you bought a 50-50 raffle and went to ALS. Yeah. So it wasn't anything you could get unless you were, and it wasn't really uh, well announced. I think it was announced the morning of. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, you called me. You're like, go get me that bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, is it? I think people are excited to get those giveaways. I know I'm a junkie for those things, and so are other people. Um, you know, but the to Ross sell one. Sell out the bleachers. I mean, that's well, a little I mean, crazy. Okay, so like, let's say you, let's say you're a bobblehead fanatic, right? And you're going to go to a game. Well, then, you know, you get your bleacher ticket and you go to, you go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the game you're going to go to as opposed to just like a regular game that doesn't have a giveaway. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it, it just kind of surprised me that it was that expensive for, uh, just given what we've seen. Like, I mean, I, I feel like they put something on the field. Like, you know, you get us the Suzuki and the Stroman, the shiny new toys, and we'll all have fun with that stuff. But I didn't. I really don't feel like they did enough to really be like charging the premium prices. Just in my opinion, you know, just I, from from a person who who's pretty thrifty and in general, you know, it's like I feel like. And let's face it, Wrigley's been empty. It was, and maybe I'm curious to see what it is. Middle of summer, say like a Tuesday night when it's just nice out, you know, and people are around and summer's happening and. You know, it's July 22nd and like what it looks like in there, you know, um, just given where the team is. It's, it'll be an interesting uh, kind of sociological experiment because Blue Friday hurt. And I hurt, think it hurt fandom. And I think that they 
underestimated how much not locking up any any of people's favorite players uh, hurt Cubs fans and what it might have done to, I guess, their emotions about the team. Right. I think that they, there, there's so many factors that could have potentially affected all of this that, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard to say. Is it the prices? Probably. How much did the pandemic play into it? You know, when people didn't have to go to games, and I can just tell you, the reason I'm renovating my basement is the amount of money I didn't spend on alcohol, bars, restaurants, and Cubs games. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot of questions. And then, again, the one that we always ask the season ticket holders, and I would go to Cubs cons, and we'd always say, what if the Cubs really do win it? Because it was this Quixotean effort to try to, you wanted to be there when it happened. It was the marketing slogan for a while. You wanted yeah. to be there when it happened. Well, guess what? It happened. So does yeah. that take some of the luster off of it? And so now all of a sudden you have this new wave. A lot of people are like, you know what? All the benefits that became of being a season ticket holder haven't happened in the last three years. The Cubs keep flooding the market of StubHub with cheap tickets. So you can't, you, you, there's, do, not, do not get season ticket holders thinking you're going to make a profit. You, you're not even going to break even. I mean, for me, I don't want to say, I, I mean, I'm, I break even because I go to the games I want and I sell the ones I don't. But for most people that haven't put in the time that I have, over 20 years as a season ticket holder, I have people that I can tap on the shoulder and be like, hey, you want to buy some games? And they're good Cub fans and they love my seats and they know I'm not screwing them over or any of that other stuff. And so that's all well and good. You get what I'm saying? And so I yeah. can do that. But other people that are doing it for the first time ever, and they think oh, that yeah. they're going to go on StubHub or Facebook and, and sell these tickets for, for face value, that's yeah, not no. happening. So no. I'm very curious to see the percentage of renewals for next year. And I'm very yeah. curious to see the Cubs better sweeten the pot for season ticket holders because I got a feeling there's going to be a bunch of people jumping ship that just ended up taking a two, three, $4,000 bath. Well, I can tell you how it kind of worked for for me. The, the the years I was kind of sharing bleacher tickets, we split up a bunch of games, and it was starting in pretty much 2016, where uh, is our friend Robert, uh, who's a, one of the ranters, and uh, he had he had two bleachers, and then this second year, like me and Ben, we split them all up, and we tried to get rid of them. We would trade them for other tickets and do all this stuff, but we didn't make any money. In fact, like. So, uh, you know, the games that we would make, you know, 10, 20 bucks or something, we lost just as much on someday that it would rain or something like that. And, you know, and, and we, most of them went out at face value, which was already inflated as, as of 2017, where we really uh, bought into it all. By 2018, we didn't want to do it anymore. And we told that, uh, we, we told that to Robert and then, uh, but then Robert kept his, I think Robert went, then went down to one ticket. He's like, okay, this is obviously not a great situation. So he went down to one ticket just so he would always have a bleacher ticket for himself and for everyone to come up and, and see a game. And then within a year of that, he was out completely, you know? And he's like, it's just not worth it, you know? And so, Right. You know, I'm the guy that has to constantly hustle. And like I said, if I, uh, luckily I, I got a pretty good base and hopefully it'll continue to grow. The more when people get to my seats one time and they're like, oh, these are awesome. And oh, thank you for not trying to rip me off or this and that. Like what I charge you is what I get charged. I make zero dollars on any ticket I sell. 
And I've always told people the way that I work is don't, I will never charge you over, don't ever offer me under for a ticket. Don't ever say I'll buy them for $10 because then I'll tell you to fuck off. So, you know, that's pretty much been an understanding. And not only that, the customer service. So, like, if if a game gets changed, I'm contacting the person that bought my tickets, even though I tell people you have to be aware, especially on day of game. Or other, you know, I try to kind of give people a, a a good deal and try to help them out the best that I can, so I think I've done good. But I can just see... Other people that don't have that, I, I, it's, it's going to be a mess. And, and the Cubs are going to have to really sweeten the pot for season ticket holders. Um, but doing yeah. so could could potentially affect other things. So, like, you know, a lot of us season ticket holders, we go to games because of promotional items. And one thing I've argued with the Cubs for many years is that a lot of fan bases, the White Sox, uh, the Cardinals, they give their, the, the Chicago Bulls, they give their season ticket holders every promotion. You don't have to, like, go to the games. You get, like, a box of, like, all the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's kind of like, are you going to start doing those type of things? But if you do that, then people are going to be less inclined to go to the games. And the Cubs actually have a lot of value for their bobbleheads. Now people are starting to kind of get on that you can sell these things and make money. So it's kind of affecting the value a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if that will affect the, uh, the people wanting to go uh, that aren't season ticket holders. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and they should give it to season ticket holders, by the way. I mean, if you want them, I mean, you're most people aren't going to be a season ticket holder just to get a bobblehead. Is I, I mean, it's definitely a perk, and I know it would mean less people. in It, it would also be less stampedes at the gate on bobblehead day. <laughs> you know, and just... Hold some back. You can still give, t- well, they probably don't want to hold some back just because uh, they want their, they want to create scarcity to make right. them worth something. Because other teams give away 30,000 bobbleheads instead of 10,000. So that's so the, the, the Brewers, by design. The Brewers give away 30,000, so everyone kind of gets one, blah, blah, blah. And that's why, like, as a collector, like, Brewers bobbleheads ain't worth shit. They really yeah. aren't, they weren't, they're worth nothing because everybody has one. So it's the, so what they want to do, what the Cubs want to do is you get those people with the bobbleheads, you get them, you got to be there, you know, you got to be there by at least, at least like 11 o'clock for a 120 right. game. And you're so you got to be, yeah, you're eating and drinking and that's the concessions. Yeah. So that's, that's two hours extra concession of 10,000 people that all just want the, one of these bobbleheads on. <laughs> Yeah, on on five out of on ten percent of your games, sometimes you know if you give away eight of them, so you know if there were there's usually what like six of them or something like that. One of them, uh, yeah, of like things. like like five five or six. So or six. what you saw this year, especially though, that was different than the past, is they did a lot of those special event bobbleheads. I think there's three total: the Mandalorian, Cookie Monster. And uh, the uh, Cinco de Mayo, uh, or is it Dia de los Muertos? I can't remember which one. Yeah, Dia de los Muertos, yeah. But, but, but for Hispanic Heritage Night, they're having an awesome one that I'm grabbing. But those are the ones, if you guys haven't, and Danny, you might like that one. You just buy like a cheapy ticket like that they have, and then like, and then you get the, you, you don't have to go early. You just have a ticket. You automatically have a bobblehead on the special oh, yeah, event no, tickets. I, yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting ploy on their part because it, you know the thing that's like that game is going to be six dollars to go or well, not free and 
Meanwhile, I got no, 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 no. You have to buy it through the Cubs. You can't just. It's not through well, StubHub. No, that's what I'm saying. But from the Cubs, it's twenty five dollars. So what I'm really right. doing is buying a bobblehead for twenty five dollars, which is probably worth fifty, and then I guess I can go for free. I would have two beers on the money I would sell the bobblehead for, raffle off for. But I'm just saying, it's like, and I think that's a good way to do it because then people will. Well, if they want the bobblehead, they will get that ticket. And I bet you those tickets sell out because people want the bobbleheads more than they want the ticket. Right. Um, and so it's just like that's a ploy on the Cubs' part because they're going to get that money. They're just, well, they're going to get the money. And from a ticket sale that they wouldn't have otherwise, and all they got to do is give you a cheap piece of plastic that they paid a dollar for. So Corey Furlong is on the hot seat. What's up, Corey? Got a Crawley question. Okay, here we go. So, I looked at the promotional schedule before yes, the year started, and I noticed mm. Wilson Contreras, most popular Cub, except maybe Hendricks, does not have a bobble this year. Do you think they look at the roster and say, okay, do we think this guy might be dealt? We don't want to have Wilson Contreras bobblehead day in August when he's playing with the Cardinals. Um, no, that's business ops versus, uh, versus team ops. And so it's different. So I remember, I, God, who was it that the Cubs had? The, the guy from the Pirates, uh, his dad, that was the big story. Um, uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor, oh boy, but he had a bobblehead made and they basically just sent it to him. Uh, and just like, here you go. Here's a bunch of Trevor Williams. Thank you. Uh, United we soccer, but they, yeah, that, uh, and his dad was Richard Williams. But yeah, that was the thing is that they already made the bobblehead. If you were, I got the one in 2000, there's been times in the Cubs history where they had, uh, where they had, whatchamacallit, where they had, uh, the bobbleheads released and the guy was already traded. That was Michael Barrett, the Michael Barrett bobblehead. He was off the team when they gave it away. They still gave it away. And then, and then last year, um, with the U Darvish. Now, you know, they, they make them in advance. Usually, like, you, you do it, eh, you want to give it some lead time. So you kind of have a general idea and put that out there. Um, Wilson has had a bobblehead before. Wilson has had other stuff before. Uh, the last time Wilson had a bobblehead was 2017, I want to say, 2017. And was so the, uh, the one with the helmet that comes off? That's yeah, the, yeah, the face really. mask that comes off. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's I don't black, but, I, you know, I see them all, and they're, they're really cool. The 2017-2018 bobbleheads were really great, and uh, I haven't seen them this year. I've seen the pictures, and so I don't know. I don't take that for face value. I'll see when I when I get them, but uh, I will I will be getting the David Ross, and I'll try to do a report on the quality. But uh, you know, uh, maybe the Cubs need to really kind of even take a look at this, and uh, and and maybe again get better bobbleheads because I'll be honest, a lot you know, there's been good years and there's been bad years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, do they like do they give them out at every location, like every entrance, or is every, it... every gate? Yes, every okay. gate you go into, you okay. there. There's a certain amount of bobbleheads. But the problem you're going to have this year is that you've basically wiped out nearly an entire gate, which was an extremely popular gate, which was coming off the red line on uh, Addison, and so that one where the Billy and, and, and Ronnie statues were, that was a really popular gate for people to go into. So you had that gate right there, and then you could also get bobbleheads by coming in through the uh, the DraftKings, Captain Morgan, whatever. 
Um, so you could go in there, get a table, and we would have just people wait in line while we all took turns sitting down and getting drinks. You know what I mean? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think probably for my – you could probably – and you know, Bleacher Tickets, which we have for that game actually, Corey, is uh, – that's going to be one of the toughest ones because the regular Bleacher people, they line up to get the seats too. So they're already lined up, and then you got a whole other line on the other side – of people lined up waiting to go in. So I think our best bet, if you want that bobblehead, is probably to go in and they let you, at least they let me the other day with the bleacher ticket, go in the left field gate in front of the firehouse. And yeah, there, right. you're still going to have to elbow freaking little kids in the eye, but you'll get a bobblehead. <laughs> no, I, I don't want it. I just, you know, I want the, uh, the left field experience. And I'm afraid that if I wait, you know, it'll all be filled up by the time, you know, I get in. We'll, I mean, if it's a nice day, we'll definitely go in early. Yeah, right. and if, if you know, like I said, like Danny, Danny goes to the bleachers. Like some of us go to the gas station. I mean, it's not really anything big for him. But if if you're only going to one or two bleacher games a year, you know, it's fun just to get in early and just be there for BP and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Uh, watching the players stretch out, warm up, get the seat that you want. Uh, even if it wasn't a bobblehead game. You know, you might as well you might as well go in and and, and sneak in some booze. I know that uh, guy Sirius snuck some in the other day when we were at the game. You know, it's not that difficult. Yeah, I've been sneaking it in, and uh, especially on a bobblehead day, you could probably just walk in with a fucking handle. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to be so busy stopping people from fighting each other over bobbleheads that you can just you you can probably sneak in a freaking keg if you wanted to. <laughs> right, and so it's. I would say that uh, you know it doesn't hurt to get in early, man. I, I, I when I when I go to the bobblehead games and I do get there early and I'm like one of the first in, I'll, I'll take advantage of the discounted prices on the food. It's like twenty five percent off. Uh, I think pop will be twenty five percent off. So like I said, get yourself. Only I, I, for season ticket holders now. Is that only? Not it's yeah, not the they, first hour. They, nope, they took it away. They took it away. First they made it ten percent, and then they took it away completely from us, non-season ticket holders. Just you. Wow! Look at us. All right. Well, again, then you know, just go in and you can get some good views of thing. And the cool thing when when there's that like when when there's not a lot of people in there, there's all you can always see people walking around the bowl. Whether it's Tom Ricketts still or uh, John Vincent or Wayne Mesmer, you'll see uh, Jeremiah. A lot of times you'll see him popping around. Uh, you know, and so I don't know. I like getting in there early sometimes. I don't have to always be at the bars until like 20 minutes before first pitch. Sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. But sometimes if I have any, yeah, and if I have incentive to go in early, I'll go in early. Like I said, definitely for a, for a bobblehead. Yeah, we, we should get there early. I'm kind of making that. Well, it's funny because I, I was talking to Corey about going to the game that day. We got some tickets and then. I was, or he got some tickets, and then I was like, "All right, that's great. I'm making a make it my birthday party." And then I saw it was like eighty dollars to go, and I was like, "Oh well." <laughs> now I feel bad making it like, but I was like, "Ah, whatever. Keep the riffraff out." You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm gonna be what you call it. I'm gonna be at Sunday's game, so I'll be happy to buy you a drink uh, if you're well, around. Go- you're going on Saturday, aren't you? For the bobblehead? No, I'm going Sunday. I got. I already got my bobblehead hooked up. Oh, okay. All right, I got you. I'm going yeah, I'm uh, to get one just for it'd be a good charity auction, and you know, also we got a pretty soon we got we're going to pick like an Amazon person of the month and also a Patreon person of the month. So I, I need some prizes for that shit. You know what I mean? 
Goldie, if you've got any garbage you don't want, that can, <laughs> I will gladly give it away on the show and mail it to people. Oh, uh, don't tell my wife that. She's going to start going through all my shit. <laughs> She's like, you want this? You want this? You want this? No, she ain't going to tell me. She's just going to have a box and have you pick it up. Yeah, yeah. Come get, I got prizes. And then I'm just giving it away in front of you on the show. <laughs> God, you know, you, know what she, you know what she hates more than anything is my collectible cups. Oh, yeah. She would get so mad because I'd be, like, growing, running around, like, like rummaging through people's old pop and, like, dumping it and putting it in a bag and then bringing uh, it home and washing it. And she's like, I'm like, but, babe, these are collectible to World Series cups. Like, and I don't give a shit. Yeah. I have a couple of those. I actually use them and put them in the dishwasher like an asshole. <laughs> just, like, just like I drank the, the cup champagne that's worth, <laughs> like, 100 bucks. I was like, damn it. I had a whole case of that shit. I just gave it away. Oh, dude, I right. sold I sold bottles of that for like 200 250 bucks now. Jesus Christ, dude. I fucking drank that shit. It sucked. And oh, yeah. I drank two bottles of it, like $400 worth. I just drank and I ate it every second. Gave me heartburn. And then the other fucking bit, uh, parts of it, um, I like just gave to people, just being like, hey, you're my friend. Here's a bottle. They probably drank it too like idiots. Uh, anything, here's the thing that I, and, and, and to be fair... As a collector, and then I saw what happened in 2005, is that, like, all of a sudden the people that kind of jump on later and, like, oh, I'd like, when they start collecting shit and, like, oh, I need that. Well, now, you know, there was a time where it was at every fucking binnies, you know, left and right, and then all of a sudden they're all gone and you can't get them, and if you want to get them, well, now you're going to have to pay a pretty premium for it. So, you know, that's kind of one of the funky things is that the, those, those, I have the champagne, I had the wine, I sold all of those, uh... I'm trying to think what else, but any I remember like there's White Sox fans now. There's a cup for some reason. There's always like certain bobbleheads they don't make a ton of on those World Series teams. So they didn't. Wilson Contreras is one of them. Mike Montgomery I think is another one. So there's like certain ones that people can't complete their collection. And if you're a collector, you you have to have it. It's like it's it sounds dumb, but you do. And so like I remember like I think for like the White Sox like a Burley or a Tadahito Aguchi 2005 bobblehead World Series bobblehead they all look the same they all have the trophy but like those are going for like 4 or 500 dollars each and they cost 40 bucks at the time. Wow. Wow, that's it's it's incredible. But I mean collector stuff is I mean I saw that uh, that uh, 1910 Honus Wagner uh just went for a million dollars or something like that. That, right. that tobacco card, I just saw that. I mean, and plus just with crazy inflation and also like really rich people, like part, I think one of the things that happen with that happens with the income stratification where we are right now as a society is that people do have ridiculous amounts of money and they can't put it in stocks and they can't put it. I mean, they already built it, bit up Bitcoin. They already like... The housing is ridiculous. Like anything that they could put their money in, they put it. They put their money in, and it went up in price, just in value because they had nowhere to put the money. It's store of value. So that's the same thing with the, like comic books and baseball cards and bobbleheads, and like it, and people just don't have anywhere to store the, the sto- that store the value of things. So they put it in these things and just like they don't care. They're like five hundred dollars for a bobblehead, just whatever, just buy it because I've got um, you know three million dollars. I don't give a fuck about five hundred dollars, you know. So, dude, I'm, I'm telling you right now, the funny thing that when when, <laughs> when you talk about that, I don't know if you as a collector, this was a hilarious story. Obviously, one of the greatest football players of all time retired in Tom Brady. Uh, 
And so Tom Brady in his last game threw a touchdown pass, and then the receiver was excited. He threw it into the crowd, not realizing that that was going to be Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. You don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, you either hold on to the ball to yourself or you give it to Tom Brady. And he throws it into the crowd, and some guy catches it and, and sold it at auction. And then all of a sudden, three days after the guy pays a fortune for this ball, Tom Brady unretires, and it's no longer going to be the last touchdown yeah. ball unless he gets in a car accident or something. Yeah. No, it's, it's hilarious. And that's what I'm saying is it's like for a ball. And, you know, it's kind of – people are making this case about uh, Elon Musk right now just saying, oh, so world, world hunger. I mean, I'm going to buy Twitter. You know, it's just like – you know, there's just all this fuck you money that it's almost gets to the point of meaninglessness. And it's like, like, I would never have enough money in my life. If I had, even if I had enough money, I would never spend that much money on a football. It wouldn't be meaningful to me uh, at all. Uh, no, there's nothing physical or tangible that I would ever spend that much money on. At um, all. So U- United We Soccer and Seth are saying the auction house canceled it. And that's accurate. They did cancel it. Um, and everybody was really cool about it. The guy who caught the ball, the auction house, and, the, and, and everyone was really cool about that. Um, Ernie Banks, um, you know, uh, obviously is a, you know, when he hit that uh, 500th home run off Pat Jarvis in, was it 1971, um, you know who has that baseball? Who? Bill Murray. No way. And his son's name is Banks. So he owns that ball. He paid a good, uh, pretty penny for that. I mean, when you do have that kind of money, I mean, you're going to, you know, you look for certain things that are fun to buy and unique and, and you know, I mean, some like people. NFTs. Right. Or, <laughs> or like, well, NFTs for me are hard to wrap my head around because it's not physical. But like when you take a look at people who have like a Monet or a Picasso or something like that, it's just, look what I have. I mean, that's just all it is, 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 is that. But. You know, some of this stuff has a lot of meaning just because it's like the chase involved too, man. Like, sometimes there's a couple of bobbleheads that I honestly spent maybe five to six years hunting down, like literally yeah. going everywhere I could, trying to find every stone unturned. Uh, you know, I got that uh, the the guitar, the Washburn with the uh, uh, with all the with the bricks and the ivy on it. I mean, yeah. that was that was I won it on a eBay auction for real cheap, honestly, for two hundred and fifty bucks. That's not and, bad at all. And now they're going for roughly about fifteen hundred dollars. Wow! Um, so it's it's just sometimes it's the fun, it's the chase. Can I get it? Like you know, there there you know, I I still have a couple grails that I'm still looking for. That like I said, some of them I've been looking for for ten, twelve years. Can't get. And yeah, then when it com- comes up. <laughs> me- meanwhile, I'm sad when I buy green beans at Aldi and see that they're cheaper <laughs> at Jewel. You know what I mean? Like. That's my thrill of the chase. Like, I'm fine with that. I'm like, oh, yeah, motherfucking 25 cents off refried beans, bitch. Like, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, man, dude. When you when you see some, you know, some unique Cubs thing, man, I just get like, it's like uh, no different than like heroin or something, man. I just all of a sudden get this itch, and it's like, oh, man, I got to have that. It's like, uh, you know, that would be fascinating to see the, the dopamine, oh. to track the dopamine of the collector and all that stuff. It's but, the same shit, dude. Same release, same as gambling, same as all that stuff. You ever sit there and yeah, you ever sit there and and you're on eBay and you have the highest bid and 
There's the, it's like, it's, it's like gambling, especially like I remember the bad beats I've had on eBay where I had it and at the last second, somebody outbid me and you're just like, oh. fuck. And it, it sticks with you, man. It still burns. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I bet you there's the, like the, uh, you got a couple great white whales out there. Huh? <laughs> there was uh Mitchell and Ness for a few years had these flags, like the retired flags that are on the pole. <laughs> And so I just started getting them, and then all of a sudden, for one, for whatever reason, they stopped making them, and I didn't have all of them, and I'm like, shit. And so I still don't have a Greg Maddox, um, and it pisses me off because I have all the rest of them. All of them are signed except for the Ron Santo, signed, they're all signed except for the Santo one, um, but I can't find a fucking Greg Maddox, Mitchell and Ness pennant to save my life. It's like a wool pennant. And, like, when that shit, like, whenever, there was one time it came up, the guy was selling all six for, like, $300. Or the winning bid was 350 and mine was, like, 325 And I'm just pissed I didn't do 400 because I could have sold the other ones for, like, you know, the other five that I had for 75 and been fine. You know what I mean? Been fine, yeah, exactly. And I was like, what the hell was I thinking? But it was like, oh, all of a sudden I was up, no one was close, and then the bidding got crazy. Oh, it, it's, that, that shit's insane. I try to stay away from it. I got most of what I need right now. And my, I promised my wife pretty much nothing unless it's something huge, like super important. Because uh, until we've gotten all the space and figured out in the in the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah, you got your work cut out for you just to try to get that <laughs> what you got open open. You know, you've already got to figure that out. Um, but when do you have an opening kind of date party idea? You know, it's weird. It's kind of like this whole supply chain issue has caused more problems than I expected. So, like, everybody got a lot of work done. Wood got became more expensive. So, right now, I'm waiting on this entertainment unit. So, that has to happen. I have entertainment unit. Then the couch is supposed to come. And then the bar stools. And that'll be all the furniture. And then at that point, furniture-wise, everything's done. Uh, it, it'd be ready to go. What's going to be taking... What's the next big phase that so you have like an infrastructure phase and then you kind of had the bar that was getting done and then come the entertainment unit's going to be in within the next week supposedly uh it's just getting painted it's custom it's a custom piece i just bought a tv yesterday it's a 75 inch tv that's going to go down there to watch games and then uh but then then the furniture comes the the couch and then that's done and then the last major section is going to be framing and I just got a ton of pictures to be framed, so that's going to be, you know, we'll see about that's going to go. That's going to cut, you know, that's going to run me roughly at least ten grand to frame everything. Wow, wow, that's incredible. It's a lot of money, uh, yeah. but it, once it's done, then you'll have that kind of spot to hang out, and, and you know, it's better that you have a space for all your awesome shit. Than not, you know, you know what I mean. Like right now, it's kind of it's not really on display, and that's a shame, you know, because right. you have a lot of stuff that people would love to see, like Stuart does, like Tom, our friend Tom Warman does. Uh, you know, just people, it's it's not any use to anybody if you can't see it. Right. We like to, we, you know, it's, I want to be able to share it with everybody, and if people are in town and be like, hey, you know, can I come by? Yeah, you know, come on by and check it out, you know. And uh, it, it, it's it's fun. You know, you look at some of the things. I just got this piece the other day from uh, Rick Monday saving the flag. This uh, eight by, It's a 16 by 20 photo that is like a spotlight one, which means it's like all black and white except for like 
Rick Monday saving the flag. And it just looks kind of really cool. I think people are really going to dig it. And there's other things that are going to be fun that people are going to hopefully enjoy. So, uh, you know, I want to get it done more than anything. And I've, like I said, I want to get it, uh, you know, I want to enjoy it for a few years, too, before I get too old. Yeah, well, and have par- yeah, you mean have parties. <laughs> have parties. I got a, I got a dual-tap kegerator, so the beer will be flowing, you know. It'll, it'll be a good time. And hopefully, like, have Super Bowls, March Madness, World Series parties, that kind of stuff. I don't want to go crazy. Like, it's not going to be a Club 400. There's only one Club 400. But I just want to be able to have people over and just enjoy it and order some pizzas, um, you know, and see what happens. Uh, yeah, well, good luck with it all. I mean, I wish, I, I can't really help you. Did you see there were 69 messages in the chat at one point? No. Yeah, it was uh, pretty nice. Uh, I, I gotta go. Uh, this was a good conversation, though. I enjoyed it. Um, just, uh, th- I'm gonna release this as a podcast to the Patreon people. Uh, well, actually, I might, might just put it out in general. I don't know. It was a good conversation as as it is. That's kind of how the podcast got started. <laughs> hey, let's have a conversation about the Cubs and record it. Right. We're back, back to the old days of podcasting. Um, <laughs> it, it, everything old is new again. It's like, let's reinvent the podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, at, I'm in Arlington Heights. I just parked. Uh, I got to put this. I got to go yell it. Some people to get some shit done. I, I I was pissed off last night. Now now I've I've I got I'm I've got my gumption up. I've got to lay down some laws here, and I hate doing that. I'm, it's not my style, but hey, sometimes you got to do that. You know, sometimes you got you got to you got to let them know that this is how it's going to be if we're going to be successful. Well, that's kind of what it is. I I actually preempted it all by talking to the director before. I'm like, hey, this guy thinks this. This guy thinks that. I want to be in charge. This is what I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she's nice. like, go for it. I was like, let's do it. All right. Let's do it. All right, All right guys. And let's hope for a big cup victory. I know, like I said, uh, it, it seems dark, but, but look for some look for some bright spots and see what we can do. And, and hopefully we can uh, pull off a W and then have a chance at the series win tomorrow. We'll get, we got to get back on track here, but especially before going to Wrigley North on Friday. Did we fire Michael Cotton? Michael Cotton is on a plane in Spain, hopefully not in the rain. Yeah, yeah. Michael Cotton is uh, – I didn't even know he was taking that trip, but I'm really happy he is. He's in Barcelona, which is a – I've never been, but I've got friends who've lived there, and it's, it seems like a really awesome city. It's definitely – I'm going to go there within the next two years, I've decided. To Spain. I, I, was, uh, I was supposed to go back in the day when uh, we were going to go to England. Oh, Spain was I, part of that? Yeah, I have a, I have a, fa- I have family that lives in Matabella, which is by the Mediterranean. We were going to go, and that's where I was going to go. I was going to go for a couple days in uh, Spain, and then head over to England for the games. Oh wow! Yeah, I was going to go to Dublin and stay with my friend Doc's grandma. <laughs> it was going to be awesome too. <laughs> oh well, maybe next year. <laughs> All right, Spagog, everybody, and have a good All night, right. and, and let's get this victory. Yeah, let's get it, man. It's uh, let's get back on track. All right, I'll talk to you later. Later. All right, bye. The dog. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.